Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Welcome to episode 52, where we're talking about the importance of understanding every generation. Um, Alyssa Bethke is joining me today in a conversation, and she's over Skype because she lives in Hawaii (laughs) and obviously (laughs) isn't loud enough to record for us to record her from her home since we're in South Carolina. Um, She's the mom of the Bethke team, and she serves the Lord with her husband, Jeff, and her kids. She and Jeff have a podcast called The Real Life Podcast, and she's written many resources, which you guys might want to check out. So you can get in touch with them on jeffandalyssa.com. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, and they also have a lot of stuff on YouTube. So if you guys want, uh, after this show, to connect with Alyssa or with Jeff, um, YouTube's a great place to go. Their podcast is a great place to go. Their website's a good place to go. And I will leave that all in the notes section on the podcast. So, Alyssa, thank you so much for being with oh, us here today. Thanks so much for having me. This is so fun. Yeah, I've told people just a little bit about you, but it's just all the like intro stuff. But would you just take a minute to introduce our listeners to who you are and kind of give them a little bit of your story? Sure. So um, my husband and I, Jeff, grew. we both grew up in the Seattle area um, and actually went to the same high school, but didn't meet till after. And right before we got married, um, Jeff put out a YouTube video called Jesus is Greater Than Religion um, that really just hit home with a lot of people and went viral and it kind of just, um, I don't know what you call that shot us into the vocation that we have now today. And it's been a really wild ride. That's been really fun just to see what God has for us and, um, to be a part of what he's doing. And so we get to do a lot of things online. Um, like you mentioned podcasts and YouTube and we write books and it's just basically to point G- point people to Jesus and, um, to just kind of think of him in a different way and how to live. And it's been really fun. And so we, before we got married, I did an internship in Maui and really fell in love with it here. And once we had our daughter, we just realized we would love to raise a family here. So we live here now. Um, and we have three kids and a dog and, um, yeah. And my parents live here. It's just really sweet. Um, we love our community Mm. here and, um, it's funny. It just growing up, I would always dream of the beach and I would doodle all these palm trees. And today on my walk, I was even just thinking, wow, Lord, thank you so much that I get to live with all these palm trees. And just, um, so it's really sweet what God's doing and just being a part of what, um, he's doing. So yeah, that's a little bit about us. Wow. Well, we went to Hawaii a few years ago and uh, I think Clayton and I went for our 15 year anniversary maybe, but we traveled all over the island. It was really, really special. Mm -hmm. So we had a good time there. Well, I know there's lots of islands, so I guess I'd just say we were on the main island. Um, Which one's Oahu with like Honolulu and Waikiki. (laughs) 
yeah 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 that. <laughs> no totally growing up i thought it was just hawaii and then i thought it was like honolulu was an island and waikiki was an island so i know right yeah <laughs> and then it's funny a lot of people come here and they're like yeah when i go back to the u.s and we're like we're still part of the u.s too <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I ran into Jeff a few months ago, and uh, we were at a Lifeway thing um, where they were just asking questions of different leaders. And I remember something that he said at that um, summit meeting, I guess, or I don't really know, forum. Mm -hmm. um, he had mentioned the desire that your family has and you guys have of um, making sure that we understand that generational living and like learning from other generations is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that we do miss that a little bit in America, especially, you know, in our churches where, you know, uh, you put the kids here, you put the teenagers here, you put the singles here, you put the married people, you know, totally. so a lot of times in our culture, we separate so many age groups. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some advantage to that. But I also know um, last week, I actually spent some time with my grandma, who's 94, mm -hmm. and uh, just sat there and listened to her talk for probably two hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, she just told me stories and there was so much that I just walked away. Things that I didn't even know. Some stuff I'd already heard before because she repeats herself sometimes. But <laughs> right. other, other, you know, but other things where I walked away and I thought my life is better because I just spent those two hours with my grandma. And, mm -hmm. you know, you don't you don't get to spend a lot of time with someone who's been on the earth for 94 years and just all the wisdom. And so I just wanted to ask you just a little bit, a little bit to talk about um, you guys' heart for this and why you believe, you know, learning from other generations for us is so significant and important. Yeah, totally. Um, it is so important. Jeff and I recently started a business called Family Teams, and it's really just to pour into families and um, give them tools to be a team on mission for the Lord. And what has God called your specific family to be about? And, you know, I think that is within your immediate family, you and your spouse and your kids. Um, but then it also is your grand, your parents and your grandparents and your great grandparents. And, you know, if you look at the Bible, um, Man, I think in America it gets lost on us and sometimes we skip over those parts in the Bible that like has the family lineage and the family line and because um, in America we're just so independent and it's, we kind of like, we talk about, you know, the, um, we're like our family is like a nest and then the birdies fly away and then they have to go start their own families when really God's vision for family is a multi-generational lineage where you um, are starting a, a line of believers and that you're on mission together and God needs each one of you in your family for a specific reason. And that includes grandparents and great grandparents. And like you said, I just love what you said that um, I think a lot of times we um, either just don't have time for older people or we write them off or we're so focused on our immediate families or we're just so independent in the West when there is so much to be learned from the older generations. And, you know, I think about mm -hmm. all those verses in the Bible and in Proverbs, how like a um, gray hair is like a crown and just how much wisdom they have. And um, whether they're walking with the Lord or not, I think they have so much wisdom to share because they've seen a lot of life. And I think we're called, God calls us to honor the older generations. And, um, 
you know, and I think just in, even in the last year, Jeff and I have really stepped into this and, um, just pursuing our grandparents more and wanting to hear our stories. And it has been so cool. And it's so much easier than we think. Like just what you said, like you spent two hours with your grandma and my grandparents came to visit us um, last winter and just sitting around the table. And I just asked a simple question like, hey, what would you, what advice would you give a 30 year old? Because we're 30. And it was just so mm. cool. I felt like they just lit up and they're like, wow, someone is coming to me. And it was just such an honor thing. And then um, they were just so, I could tell they were so touched that I was seeking their um, wisdom. And then I, in turn, was so blessed by what they shared and just kind of treasuring those things because they have so much wisdom to share. And I felt like it mm. just kind of brought us closer together. And I think sometimes it can be intimidating too, like, well, what are we going to talk about? They don't, you know, like, what do we, how do we connect? And it really is just so simple, like asking questions of when they were growing up and, you know, what was a favorite mm-hmm. birthday memory they had or what was it like when they were raising kids? You know, just these really simple questions that um, I think it really brings them a lot of honor that we're asking. And then in turn, we get to learn a lot from them. And so um, just looking to the older generation, you know, I think there's so much value in that. And I feel like God gets honored in it. And, um, and I know a lot of us have unhealthy families and sometimes it's just really hard, but just trying to be creative and think, how can I honor my family members, um, in a way that the Lord is asking me to, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think that, um, I think I haven't done that well as far as asking questions in the past and feeling, I don't know what it is, just expecting that if someone wants to talk to me, they'll ask me something, you know? Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, but I think that I've learned, uh, as I've gotten older, converse, like getting to know someone has everything to do with you listening to what they're talking about and figuring out what it is that you're interested in and asking them the next question. Mm -hmm. And then sitting there and listening, conversations aren't all about, you know, what I have to say, or telling everybody what you think. Mm -hmm. Conversations should be two way. And so especially with relating with older people, I think that's the best thing is listening to them and saying, well, wow, okay, well, what made you do that? Or where are you from? Or how did you end up making that decision? Or, you know, I mean, I think we just maybe don't have good conversational skills because we text so much or watch so many, so much entertainment, you know? Totally. And I think too, one of our mentors has said this, um, it's like a real treasure to know your family's lineage, like what, what your grandparents did and where they grew up and the like gifts Mm -hmm. and talents they had. And so then with your kids, you can say like, wow, you're such a good artist. Did you know your grandma loved to paint too? Or like just these things that run in your family. I feel like it brings so much depth and richness to be like, wow, like this is part of our family line and I get to reflect so-and-so in this, um, whatever it is. And so I feel like it just brings so much, um, I don't even know the word I'm trying to say, but, um, meaning to your family. And like, you kind of know, like, wow, this Mm -hmm. God has been instilling this in our whole family line. And so it's just really cool, but totally with the conversation. And I think that's why I just said, cause I've been terrible with it, or I've even used the excuse. Like I have this little voice and sometimes 
if I'm honest, like older people just have a hard time hearing my voice because it's so high. And so me too, (laughs) we're the same. I'm like, it's just kind of exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. I have to talk low. I remember when I uh, met Clayton's great aunt, um, he, we walked in the door and he had to go to the bathroom. And so I had, I had not ever talked to this woman before ever in my entire life. And so we walk in the door and he says, aunt Genevieve, this is Shari. I have to go to the bathroom. And so she looked at me and she literally said, what's your name? And I said, Shari. And I don't think she goes, show what? And she couldn't hear me and all these things. (laughs) And so I was trying to talk to her and have a conversation. And I remember she just kept saying, "Mm -hmm. oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm." But I was asking her questions. So she wasn't answering. So I realized she can't hear me at all. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to keep talking until Clayton comes out because I don't know what to do. And he when he came out, he said, sure, you have to yell at her. I said, I don't yell at people I don't know. (laughs) Totally. It was so funny. I know. Oh, man, I just so relate on so many levels. Um, But yeah, I think I just use that as an excuse for so long instead of just really Mm -hmm. like, okay, just ask them a simple question, Alyssa, and they'll talk like they love to share their stories. Um, Mm -hmm. Or even one thing that we've been doing is um, we do a Sabbath every Friday night to Saturday. And so Friday night, we kind of have like a just like a family meal together, and but we make it really special. And so um, if family members are over, if like my parents come over or Jeff's um, mom is in town or grandparents, we love to ask them to bring pictures and or like um, mementos from when they were growing up and just to tell a story. And it has been mm. the coolest thing. I just feel like we get to learn about them and they feel so excited to share. And so yeah. even just something simple like that, like, hey, can you bring a favorite if you have a childhood toy or whatever, I just feel like um, it's been really sweet for our family. That's a great, that's a great idea for anyone to do. I mean, you could just invite family over, ask them to bring pictures, and then you talk about it. When my grandparents pull uh, picture albums out, everybody gathers around or an old, an old movie. We all want to watch it, you know? And so that's a great conversational tool. Um, So, and one more thing that you mentioned, you actually just said this uh, just a few minutes ago is how much we can learn from even our children and the Mm -hmm. younger generation. So we're going to take a quick break. But then after that, we're going to come back in and talk about how do we learn maybe from some people that are younger than us, or if we're the younger one, how do we pursue a relationship with someone who's older, that awkward Mm -hmm. ask. So (laughs) anyway, we'll talk to you guys when we get back. Hey guys, we want to take a quick break to talk about an exciting event we have coming up so soon Crossroads Marriage Conference. You guys, it's coming up so soon and we cannot wait to see you there. It's going to be November 1st and 2nd, 2019 in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, one of my personal favorite cities. And this is for all married or engaged couples, no matter how long you've been married or what marriage has even looked like for you in the past. Clayton and Shari and some of our other friends are going to be giving us tools and wisdom that will help our marriages become what God intended them to be, a testament to the world of his unconditional love for us. So grab a romantic Airbnb, make some good dinner reservations, and go to crossroadsmarriageconference.com to find out more and to register you and your spouse for this really special weekend. We hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. 
Hey, Overcoming Monday listeners, I have Alyssa Bethke here, and we're talking about generational living and how we can learn from other generations other than our own. Um, and so, Alyssa, I listened to a podcast that you were in, um, a previous podcast that you and Jeff did, and you were talking about when you were in college, how you had wished that you had interacted a little bit more um, with some of the families when you were in college, just felt like you kind of lost your... Um, connection with, say, the family unit. So yeah. will you just talk about what that ended up creating in your life, like the void it ended up creating? Mm-hmm. And if looking back now, how would you have done that as a college student? Yeah, totally. I So I just was thinking, um, you know, college is a really exciting thing um, that we have in America and we look forward to it. And um, you could uh, go off and kind of, you know, be on your own and all these things. But even in the college that I went to that had really great student life, it was a Christian college and, um, even being in leadership. And so having, um, like a mentor, like an RD mentor, um, in my life, the one thing that I really was lacking in college was having a family to kind of take me in. And, um, I feel like that is so needed. And, my college experience would have been so different if I had had a family where I could just kind of go to their house when I needed to, or to do my laundry or to have a weekly dinner with, um, and just to really have that place of peace and of home and for a family to really just kind of care about me and what's going on and to have that older generation and, um, to just kind of lead me through my college years. And of course, I was close to my parents and I would talk to them a lot and I had great professors and all of that. But if I could have just had a home to kind of like that is my family away from family, I feel like my college experience would have been um, a lot better. And I say that not in like I loved college. I loved the experiences I got to do. Um it was mm-hmm. a, like I had awesome friends, but I feel like it was also one of the hardest seasons of my life. Just um, and it was really easy for me to isolate myself with my struggles, with anxiety, with pressures from school, mm. with I had a really um, I had an eating disorder that got really bad around that time. And it was really easy mm. to isolate myself because I didn't you know, I wasn't I could easily eat alone in my room or in class or um you know, you're doing life with all the people of your same age, which is great to have friends, but you really, God has intended us to, um, have older people in our life and younger people. And how cool would it have been to be a part of a family and also then to just be able to like pour into their kids. And, um, and I say that because I've known some, um, of our friends who do that, like who live in a college town and who kind of take in a college student for the year. Or when I moved out here to intern, um, the church was just so great. I worked for a church and they set you up with a mentor, but also my, you know, the just Maui, it's really community and family here. And there was a family that just really took me in and they had me over all the time. I house sat for them. They just like loved Mm. me. And it was just so nice to come and sit on their couch and to be in a home and to have a Mm. home cooked meal and to just kind of have like a mother figure in my life. Um, even though, you know, Mm. I was really close to my mom. Um, and so I really, think if you can find that if you are a college student or going to be in college and if you can find a family to kind of be your family 
while you're there, I feel like, man, that just sets you up for success. And, um, and also what a blessing Mm -hmm. that the, you know, I feel like God calls us as families, if you are a family and, um, to be that kind of pillar of peace in your community, like to have a place where singles can come and college students and young adults and just be a place of refuge for them, a place to talk and share their heart and provide, Mm -hmm. you know, just provide like a home for them. (laughs) Um, I feel like that is what the Lord wants for us and um, Mm -hmm. to kind of, yeah, just be in each other's lives like that. Yeah, I think you're so uh, you're so right. I know I had a family. Actually, it was my campus pastor's family. His wife was just a foundational person for me. And um, actually, some of my breakups or questions about life and love and all the things. I know I would um, call her up, drive over to her house, and I'd help her make dinner, eat with her family. Then mm-hmm. I'd clean up while she put the kids to bed, and then she'd put on the teapot, and we would have tea, and we would just sit there mm-hmm. and talk. Or I would cry my guts out, and yeah. I just felt like she was so. She had wisdom that like. I think some of my friends couldn't give me because she had life experience that they didn't. And so for me, it was just like what you're saying. It grounded me Mm -hmm. and kind of like took away some of the drama. You know what I'm saying? Like think things that could have escalated into a dramatic situation. She was very wise and could ask me specific questions that caused me to think and maybe make a different decision. Mm -hmm. So I I definitely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any advice for say the younger person, um, who is pursuing, you know, that older mentor, how a process by which you would do it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, it's just even younger high school, college, young adult, but even for my generation, like thirties, um, young families, it's been a constant conversation that I've been having with my friends. And I feel like, um, you know, I feel like it grew up, at least in my experience, it was common for the young adult to have a mentor. It's kind of, it was just easy for me to find. But then when I became a young mom, it was a lot harder to find. And so this has been a constant conversation and, um, our, and it can get awkward. I feel like it's kind of like dating and you're like, well, should the older person pursue me? I feel, I don't want to like ask them and then get rejected. But then the older, I've talked to older women and they're like, well, we don't want to just assume that you want our advice. So we're, you know, we don't necessarily want to pursue you. And so it can be a very um, awkward thing or something where we just don't, neither parties pursue it because we don't know who's, you know, what is the deal. And so um, I feel like our mentors gave us such good advice and they were just saying, it is the responsibility of the younger person to pursue the older. And um, and also, it doesn't have to be a thing like, hey, can you be my mentor? Or can you mentor me this year? Because sometimes that can feel so intimidating. And it's like, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to, are you going to want my advice? Are we going to mesh well together? All these <laughs> things. And it's just totally like dating. And so um, he advised, like, just find someone that you look up to that you want to learn from. Maybe it's in general, like, wow, you see a woman and you're like, wow, I just, I love how she loves her kids. I love how she loves the Lord. She has so much wisdom and I just want to learn from her. Or maybe it's just in one thing, like, um, for, you know, maybe it's like, wow, I love how they run their business. How did they get there? Or, 
whatever it can be, um, to just ask them out to coffee, ask them out to a meal. Mm -hmm. And for the younger person, if you can, especially like, you know, if you're, if you can to pay for them and just like meet once. And then if it goes well, ask them out to coffee or dinner again, or ask them to come over and you'll make them a meal and just kind of see how it goes. And, um, our, one of our pastor friends, he's really looked up to this older pastor that's really busy and like meets with a lot of people. And so he just kept asking him out to lunch until he was finally like, you know, he's totally my mentor and he doesn't even realize it because he's just mm-hmm. constantly saying yes and coming to lunch with me. And so um, I think to just kind of break off all the um, the scariness of it or the the long haul of it and just ask to meet with them and see where it goes and learn from them. Um, and to really, I think it's a real honor to them to be like, wow, I just really want to learn from you and to come prepared with some mm-hmm. questions, you know, like in your head, three questions you want to ask them so you don't waste their time and, um, and just see what, how it goes. And I feel like learning that way has really, um, I don't know. It's been well for us. It's done well. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's been really sweet. Yeah. Well, I know. Um, I think that you, I think that's great wisdom. I also feel like for the person maybe who's being asked, one thing that I've learned when I've met with people is that a lot of times they just want to be listened to, Mm -hmm. you know, and want compassion and want to say, want someone to just say, I understand. And Mm so I think sometimes, someone who is asked to quote mentor um, may feel like, I don't know if I'm wise enough to do that, mm. but really you're, they're just looking for uh, someone to be with them and walk, walk life with them, you mm-hmm. know, not necessarily totally. to have every answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of like all of this, I know a lot of times I end up, don't even realize it, but I end up learning stuff from my own kids, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is so Awesome. Um, my 16 year old, he is just amazing. He's been teaching me some stuff because he's uh, started this Bible club at his school. And a few times he's come home and he's like, Hey, mom, I taught this today. And I, I'm looking at him like, where did you get that? Cause I didn't <laughs> teach you. And, and you know, it's, but it's so, um, it's so beautiful to see that we can also learn for our kids. And I know that you guys try to love, um, re- live your family as a team, which Mm -hmm. I love that concept um, overall in that um, you're bringing your kids into your life so that they feel like they're valued. And um, during one of your podcasts, I remember that Jeff said, the American ideal is that the individual is limitless. That's what our culture desires and values. Mm -hmm. And then he started to say individuality divides the family, but team living actually helps the individual and the family flourish more because they can accomplish more and Mm -hmm. you can get more resources from the talent of your entire team rather than just the one person. So I'd love to hear how you guys implement like this generational learning and this team living within your own family. Yeah, well, um, it's humbling that you even ask because I feel like we're just getting started kind of. Our kids are, you know, they're five, three and um, nine months. And so I feel like we're totally on this journey with everybody and learning. Um, But one thing is, you know, we just really try to honor our parents and our grandparents and 
when, like I had mentioned before, when they're over for dinner, just asking them questions, learning from them, having them be a part of our lives. Um, and then also for our kids, we're really about like, we are a team and, um, every child the Lord gives you, he, knew that your team needed that person with that specific skill, with that specific passion, with those weaknesses and that like every member of your team is needed and brings something to the table. And so how to lean into that. And so we've really um, worked hard to speak life over our kids, to speak truth, to um, tell them the gifts that we see in them, to really encourage you know, sweet things that we see and areas of growth. And then we, um, we like to do it where our oldest, we call her the captain. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, um, and I'm still learning a lot about this, but I think sometimes we can say like, oh, birth order doesn't matter. Like it should be all fair, whatever our thinking is. And I've totally fallen in that line. Um, but really like the Lord has given each child in a specific order and each child has a different role to play. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and if you look back in scripture, like there was something to the oldest, they carried the most responsibility. They also got the mm-hmm. blessing. And so um, we've really tried to instill that in our oldest Kinsley and like you are the captain and um, there's responsibilities that you have and kind of holding her to, um, to lead her brother and sister and to care for them and to help us, but also being sure too then to like bless her. Like she sometimes gets special dates or gets special treats because she has more responsibility. And, Mm. um, and then our middle child, um, like buddy, you just seeing the giftings they have and he really like keeps our family together. Like he's kind of the bridge and he, um, is always concerned about if everyone's together and if we're unified and if we're, you know, just like doing something together. And so we really speak that over him and, and our youngest is still a baby, but she just is brings so much joy to our family. And it's really sweet. If anyone has more than one child, just when you see them interacting with each other and really like pouring into each other and entertaining each other and taking care of each other. It's been really sweet to see them as a team and um, how they need each other. And so, (laughs) yeah, we just try to kind of like speak life over them. And Jeff even has this Mm -hmm. chart that um, it might even be on family teams website. um, I can check.com. And it was this chart that you kind of fill out and it's like, you know, basketball teams or football teams that all have a roster Mm -hmm. and they all like point out the um the strengths of each player and like Mm -hmm. goals and whatever like we have that for our family so we have that for our kids and their strengths and um maybe areas that we want to grow with them each year or season and we really try to implement that and stay with that just so that we're really um raising them up to find a purpose in our family and to encourage them with the gifts they have. And so that's kind of how right now, how we're doing our team thing. So I think it, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. I love how you, uh, I love that idea of the chart and showing them their different qualities and then what goals to aim for, because I think that eventually they'll become so, um, used to their own identity that maybe the competition among each other doesn't quite rise up Mm, as much, you know, Um, because they're looking more at, 
you know, what, what do my parents see in me? What is it that I see in me? Like, how can I build that and feel good about who I am rather than, you know, not knowing that, not knowing those qualities, really not having them defined and then feeling like you have to be your brother or sister in mm-hmm. order to get affirmation, you know? Yes, that's so um, good. That is good. Will you just uh, speak to, I know there was another thing that you guys talked about in one of your podcasts about the father. And mm-hmm. I specifically wrote this down because I thought um, I, I thought it was so beautiful. But you said, if, if a father is more consumed with building his business or goals in life and isn't communicating that he's part of the family team, that his mission is to build his family, that his b- mission to build his family is less important than his work, then the family team falls apart because not every member and and the primary vision caster is giving vision to other things. So basically, to sum that up, if if the dad's kind of disconnected from the family because his primary vision is like business and work, which I know you have to make a living and you have to, you know, mm-hmm. like all of those things. I'm not I'm not speaking against that. I just think that there needs to be a very clear communication that a dad is in like in line with a family and like mm-hmm. is there with a family is present. And so I, I think that's beautiful as well. And will you just talk to like how you guys do that in your family? Yeah, totally. Well, I think, um, you know, I think that's kind of like one of the biggest things that we talk about in our family teams is I think a lot of the times, um, in America, we, we just individualize in the family and, um, you know, and just like I mentioned before, like we see it as a nest and the mama nurtures her kids and is at home. And so a lot of times the dad can feel misplaced or like, wow, I'm not, maybe I'm not necessarily needed here or my giftings or my visions don't necessarily mm, like match up here. And I think because men are meant, they are created to build something. They want mm-hmm. to build something. But a lot of the times in the West, it just doesn't feel like they can do that at home. And so then they do do that with a business or with um, a sports team or maybe a hobby or whatever, instead Mm of, um, really calling them back to the family and like, Hey, the family is a team, but the team needs a coach. And this is like, number one, like you as the father are meant to cast the vision for the family. You are meant to coach your children, to be intentional with them, to be on the day in, day out. Like it's not like the mama bird at home with her baby birds and then they all fly away, but it's like, no, we're a team. You're the coach. You're, um, bringing them kids up together and, um, Mm -hmm. casting the vision and all these things. And so that has been so monumental for our family. Um, to really like, yeah, that Jeff, you know, Jeff does so many things and um, he works so hard for our family. But the thing that I just cherish the most is that his um, number one thing is to pour into our family, to what has God called us to as the Bethkeys, to be on mission for the Lord. It's not just Jeff and his ministry or, you know, whatever, it's the Bethkeys. So how do we do that together? And so because of that, he's really led our family so well and cast a vision and pours into our kids and takes a lot of responsibility for um, training our kids and speaking life over them and planning. Like we do a summit every year of just kind of like a getaway where we really look back on the last year and where we, um, could grow or what God has done. And so Jeff really, like, I think a lot of the times it's like, we, 
businesses run so well and a lot of men are so good at running their businesses, but they don't see their family like that where you can like those same things that work in a business, Mm. the family needs, like we need business meetings. We need to look at the yearly, (laughs) you know, whatever, because I'm not really in the business world, but like look at the past year and make new changes for the next and plan ahead. And I think, um, and so just to allow that place for the father to really take ownership and leadership and coach his team. And then on the other that's hand, so good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that's so good to um, almost just think of the fact that the dad can use the same skills from his, although, you know, I think it may have to transition the way, the style in which he does it, but taking those like vision casting meetings mm-hmm. and like applying it to the family and finding that way to to lead in that way, to pull everybody in and to say, we're a team and what are we doing this year? And what have you learned this year? And where are we going? Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like it's the coach, coach mentality of, and, and I think that's very important because very often, I think when a guy comes home, if he's the one working and the females at home, which isn't always the case, but if that is the case, I think sometimes they come home and can feel like they don't do things, quote, right, mm-hmm. or like the right. mom's been doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you're talking about. They feel displaced and like they don't really have a place in that environment. But you're saying, you know, they can have the same role and do some of the same things. It just has to be, you know, maybe catered to the family, you know, instead of coworkers. Well, and I think when you say it like that, or you say like, you are the coach of the team, guys get that. Like they know how to coach a team. They know how to run a business. Mm -hmm. They, you know, and so it just brings the intimidation way down. Like just bring that into the family. Like your family needs you to lead your family. And, um, on the other hand, I know like a lot of women really long for that. And, you know, we're, we're not in control of our husbands. We can't like, change their hearts. But our job then as the woman is to really support our husbands, to really cheer them on, to be prayer warriors for them. And so even just a a simple thing too, of changing your mindset of like when, when dad goes to work instead of like, oh, he's leaving for the day, or maybe even sometimes it can feel like he likes his work more or he'd rather be doing that than being at home or whatever those little lies can seep into our minds. Um, just really as a family being like, wow, we get to send dad off. Like he is a representative from our team and he gets to go into the mission field, into the workplace today to, um, to be a light for Christ. And so we're sending him out. And so to pray over him, to make him cookies, to write him a card, to like rejoice with him that he is representing your team. I feel like that just brings the team aspect together instead of individualizing of, well, dad does this and we do this and just really coming together and sending him out and being prayer warriors for him. Um, Even Mm. that little mindset shift can do a world of difference in your family. Yeah, I like that advice. Well, I just want to maybe ask you one more thing before we close out today. If you could just leave us with maybe your favorite um, example of learning from someone either older or even younger than you, like just something that really stood out for you with the importance of generational living. Um. Wow. I just, did I just throw one? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like that type of person that takes an hour to think about, um, questions. (laughs) I would just say, um, and I don't, hopefully this answers your question, but 
man, I would not be, and I have so much growing to do, but I would not be the woman I am today without um, mentors and my mom and older people in my life um, with their wisdom and counsel and them pouring into me. And so I just, I feel like God um, wants us to be in community and wants us to seek the older generation's wisdom and counsel and encouragement. And that brings so much life. Like you can read as many books as you want. You can go to as many conferences as you can. And those are all really good. But I feel like the moments that have transformed me is um, meeting with older women and just sharing mm. them my truth with them, like the lies I believe and the thoughts that I'm thinking and the hardships I'm walking through and for them to pray mm. over me and to speak life over me and to follow up with me. That has been what has, um, I don't just transform me. And so, mm-hmm. um, to just say that as an encouragement that if you don't have that in your life to pursue it, just ask somebody out to coffee, ask them to have lunch with you. There's so much value in it. And, and then if you do have that person in your life to thank them and honor them, write them a thank you card, just, um, of how much they mean to you and how thankful you are for them. So good. I love that. Well, uh, Alyssa, as we end, will you just do me a favor and tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and Jeff, how they can connect with you and just kind of hear a little bit more from you? Yeah. So um, I am on Instagram the most. So you can find me at Alyssa Joy Bethke. And Jeff's on his Instagram too at Jefferson Bethke. Um, our podcast is the real life podcast. We launch it every Tuesday and that's like, that's my favorite thing that we get to do. I just love that. And the people we get to interview, um, you can also find us at Jeff and like you had mentioned before and family teams.com too. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find us. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for being on the podcast today. And Overcoming Monday listeners, I want to thank you for being here. And I hope we've given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough. Would you consider sharing some of your stories with me, either uh, a lesson that you learned from someone older or even younger than you? You can do this by going to our Instagram account at Overcoming Monday and leaving it in the comment section or just send me an email, shari at shariking.com. I appreciate you, your comments, and also your iTunes reviews. So if you'll go to iTunes and leave us a little review, that helps us out. Clayton King Ministries thanks you for your support, and we hope we've given you something to overcome your Monday. We're thankful that you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you, and there are three ways that you can help us reach even more people. One, be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ShariKing99. The second way is that you can also make a tax-deductible donation to Clayton King Ministries, a 501c3 nonprofit at claytonking.com slash give. And third, of course, subscribe to our podcast. Get on your favorite podcast platform and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out Shari's amazing blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.